The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Monday, November 13th, 2023, a victory Monday here on On the Line on ESPN 106.7. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you for the next two hours right here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday uh, as we are just almost halfway through the month of November. Isn't that crazy, y'all? Thanksgiving is next week. Thanksgiving's next week. Oh my gosh, I can't handle it. We've only have two more weeks of regular season college football. That makes me want to cry. Uh, college basketball's here, though, so that's exciting. Uh, we have a lot to talk about here on the Monday edition of On the Line inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio on a Monday afternoon. Again, my name is Jacob Goins. So much to cover today uh, with Auburn football and their trouncing of Arkansas at Fayetteville on Saturday. We've got Auburn basketball to talk about about we have other college football results to talk about firings to talk about I mean holy smokes man two hours will not be enough to cover everything on the show today Uh, but before we do that we said that uh, on Friday uh, that we had uh, some news to talk to you about, some news to break in here on a Monday afternoon, and uh, a lot of you have probably um, predicted it or at least caught up on it a little bit or caught on to it, if you will, um, but for every week moving forward, for hopefully the next 50 years that we're here... I have a new co-host on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and it's a guy that has been joining me on Friday afternoons. We've had a lot of fun. Um, he's gotten so much, just so much more confidence, and we're just having so much fun on the show. It's gotten great response, um, and it's normally sponsored on Fridays. We're going to have to find somebody to sponsor all the other days that he's on here. But Uncle Tebow, Mr. Wade Bennett, is joining me in the studio, and he is my new co-host on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays for two hours each and every day on ESPN 106.7. Uh, if you've been here with me for a while, I've been by myself for a while. Uh, it's been off and on by myself and have co-hosts in the past, and and I started this show as a co-host, and um, or started on this show as a co-host, I should say, and then took over and hosted it solo for a while. And then uh, my former co-host, Carter Bird, was with me for a while. And he's out doing his thing at law school in Arizona, and he's doing well. Um, and so then I was by myself for a while. And I'll admit, I enjoyed it. I really did. I enjoyed being solo. Um, I've enjoyed spending the one-on-one time with you, the listener, and all my wonderful guests who will continue uh, to be guests on this show. But Fridays are just so much fun, man, and and Wade showed interest in, in wanting to join me on the show, and, and it was a, an easy yes, and so, uh, Wade, it's great to have you on, man, on a Monday. It feels kind of weird, but we'll get used to it in about five minutes, man. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you on, and I'm looking forward to the future with you, brother. Yeah, thank you so much, Jacob. First of all, if I make it another 50 years from uh, your mouth to God's ears, that would be wonderful. <laughs> I'm no spring chicken anymore, so I'd gotten way up in the 90s by then, and that's 
that's a heck of a good life, especially if I'm going to be on the radio talking Auburn football and all the local area sports on 106.7 ESPN Radio, Auburn, Opelika. And thank you so much. I mean, it's been so much fun. I've just, since August when we started, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, I've just absolutely loved being on the radio with you guys on 94.3, also on Game Day on Wings. I feel like uh, it just gets more and exciting every time. Today I had butterflies coming in. I mean, for a very, very long time, Sports Talk Radio has been a part of my life. I go back, like I talked about the very first time I was on the show with you, listening to uh, Bill Cameron, who comes on afterwards um, in, in here in the studio, back when he was on AM in Tallahassee, and I heard Sports Talk Radio for a local scene for the very first time. When I was coming up, you could barely get the Auburn High football games on the radio. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so how times have changed in in the evolution of sports talk radio. It's something that I've been with now since the early 90s, and it's just a real honor and pleasure to be hosting the show with you uh, on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You've been great, and uh, I'm just watching you. You're a talented young man, and I'm just happy to be here. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into things because there's no time to waste on a Monday. It's another Victory Monday. It's another uh, good day for Auburn fans, and I want us to get into everything that happened over the weekend with Auburn beating Arkansas uh, again in just a, a dominating fashion, something we have not seen Auburn do in a long time. We haven't seen Auburn do it on the road in a long time, and we haven't seen Auburn do it on the road in the SEC in a long time. And it, there's just so many good things to talk about when Auburn defeated Arkansas 48-10. to 10. And before we do that, I know we've got a caller, so let's go ahead and get to Jones. You're on the line here on the Monday edition of On the Line. What's on your mind, man? War Eagle, gentlemen. Um, first of all, Uncle T-Bone, I want to say I enjoyed your Friday uh, comments. I thought they were very very salient, and I think you're going to add a great uh, person to the show. Uh, Jacob does a fantastic job, and I think you two are going to soar to the next level. Well, anyway, we appreciate that, yeah, Jones. Thank, thank you. you. It's, it's, it's real easy real quick. Seconds. Yeah, real quick. Yeah, it's, it's real easy to uh, – to have such comments and excel when you got somebody like Jacob and talented he is leading the show. So I really appreciate that, and, and uh, thanks for listening. Well, amen. Well, as a believer, I've learned many things over the years. And first of all, nobody likes arrogance. It's better to walk with confident humility or, or humble confidence, however you want to say it. Mm -hmm. But first of all, I want to say while I respect Spectre, one of your callers, right to his opinion, I feel like now we can finally put the Robbie experiment to rest. And I think if Robbie talks to a coach outside of Auburn, they would tell him, man, you'd be a CFL cornerback or whatever or a slot receiver. And if you're not going to hear that, you're going to waste a lot of energy. But we do love you at Auburn, Robbie. And I called one of your shows last week, and I said that Auburn would win by 10. There was tremendous trepidation among Auburn fans. I didn't understand why, because what I saw in Vanderbilt was a stepping stone of extreme confidence. Mm-hmm. And I knew that Auburn would beat the Hogs by 10. In fact, I suggested, I think, on Bill and Dan's show, the first play, stick it in the belly and pull it out and run wide like Bo Nix used to do. Get five or six yards so yep. you can take the crowd immediately out of it. And finally, uh, I said, I really believe if you did that a couple of times, you wouldn't do the same old thing that Gus would do. Up the middle, two yards, you, you get so much negative energy amongst your team and pro energy for the other team when you try that two yards up the middle crap, which they, they've done for seven or eight years. So he didn't listen to me, but I'm glad he uh, felt the vibes. And finally, against the tide, if we will do that same type of play, 
take the handoff up the middle, run the quarterback wide, but then pitch it to your fastest player coming in the other direction, hoping and praying that your tight end will beat that corner and get about a 15, 20-yard gain on the first play against Alabama, you'll ignite the fans. Anyway, that's all I want to say. I'm going to listen to your show, guys. I truly enjoy the four hours with you and the next guys, and I really appreciate the ability to listen to y'all because you guys are great. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Jones. We really do appreciate the kind words um, for, for us and for Bill and Dan, of course, too, and and for you holding on as we kind of got the show started today. So thank you so much for uh, for listening and, again, for the kind words and some interesting words as we get into uh, what is going on. We're going to get deep into the Auburn-Arkansas game as the show goes on, and it may take a couple of days to fully break down what's been happening and what happened on Saturday. But he's absolutely right. Um, you saw how Auburn started out fast on Saturday against Arkansas, and they did. They had a Peyton Thorne run right there off the rip, and it got the offense moving. And that's the biggest thing that Auburn did on Saturday was get first downs. They got the offense moving early and often, and that's why this team put up 48 points on Arkansas, and the game was really over before it got started there in Fayetteville. Yeah, after the uh, punt return and how about my man right here in the studio calling that one was coming uh, at least at some point in the season? Keontae Scott takes back that punt return. I've been waiting on that one, man. Dude, that, no, I've been waiting was, on that. I mean, I, immediately I thought of uh, some of your predictions about him. What a great kid and what a great return. As soon as he hit that punt return, and I'm sure I wasn't the only person screaming at the TV for him to run just a little bit harder about 12 yards out, but we'll talk about that later, yes. Keontae. Nice play. I was like, it's over. It's over. I mean, you you could just feel on TV the entire, all the oxygen in, inside that stadium uh, in Fayetteville just sucked out of the air. And so, yeah, I mean, it was over early. It was one of the keys that we talked about Saturday on game day on wings. Get off to a good start. You always want to do that on the road. I mean, it helps any time in football. Auburn did that. And, uh, I mean, for Jones to say he had a 10-point victory, I mean, I, I thought we would win, and I really did. But I thought it was going to be a nail-biter. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. We talked about Auburn being an underdog in that game, and I just didn't see how. I didn't see how Auburn was an underdog there. Nobody had Auburn beating Arkansas 48-10. to 10, no. Okay, Now, one person did unironically predict Auburn to put 48 points. That's Mr. John Neighbors, who is locked on Arkansas as a buddy of mine. And that, if you saw that floating around on Twitter, he joined Zach Blackerby of Locked on Auburn last week. That was kind of funny. But um, nobody predicted Auburn yeah, to go in there and yep. do what they did, 48-10. to 10. I mean, this was... This was an impressive game, and, and some are calling it the most crucial win so far that Hugh Freeze has had in year one. And we're, again, we're going to get into all of that here on the Monday edition of On the Line. We want to hear from you. Uh, we always have so many great calls on a Monday, and Jones got us started there on the phone lines. 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uncle Tebow and I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. I want to discuss, because we're going to talk a lot about Auburn, Arkansas sure. today. I want to look at some of the things that have happened and did happen in college football over the weekend because there were some big results, and they've led to some big decisions that were made in the last 24 to 48 hours around college football. Just to kind of quickly remind you of some scores over the weekend, um, you had Georgia do unspeakable things to Ole Miss in Athens. Uh, Michigan handled business against Penn State without Jim Harbaugh uh, behind a very emotional assistant coach performance uh, on the sidelines 
there for Michigan, and Penn State yet again drops the ball, can't beat a good team yeah, at home. That score wasn't even near indicative of no. how bad Michigan pushed uh, push Penn State around. I mean, we see this all the time with Penn State and James Franklin. Great coach, great program against bad teams. I saw somebody say this on Twitter or X over the weekend. They said, James Franklin may be the only coach that can win eight or nine games at Vanderbilt and only win one more at Penn State. Like, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It really is kind of crazy. The SEC must have been down those few years <laughs> when he got all those W's against SEC caliber teams because, I mean, look, he's a great coach and gets people fired up and he beats Illinois to death and you think they're going to do something, and they don't. And they, they don't. Just, they're like Ole Miss. They cannot get over the hump. You're right. Yeah, that's a really good comparison. Uh, so Michigan, without Jim Harbaugh, with all the noise last week, they take care of Penn State over the weekend. Florida State, they win by a touchdown. It was a little bit more than that, I think, in the game if you watched it. Uh, but Look, Miami's 6-4. and four. They've taken a step back. That's not a great football team by any means, and I don't think Florida State is a great football team. I've continued to say it. I don't think they're top four, but they get another win, and you got to give credit where it's due. Uh, Washington beating Utah in a barn burner there. Oregon pulling away from USC. Uh, I mean, some of the games at the top were really, really interesting, but it's the other things that happened that led to the major decisions in three, well, two confirmed and three going to be SEC programs. Mississippi State fires Zach Arnett. Jimbo Fisher is out at Texas A&M. And we are believed to know that Sam Pittman is, is going to be out at Arkansas, whether it be today or whether it be at the end of the season. That is the belief around Fayetteville right now is that Sam Pittman will not be coaching Arkansas next year. It, what a crazy firing Sunday we had in the SEC, man. I mean, it was I, – I just didn't expect it, right? The timing is so weird for me. You've got two games left in the season. Like, I don't know, man. It was really, really weird. But the big news, of course, Jimbo Fisher fired from Texas A&M. $78 million to hit the road, Jack. Hey, Michaela, can you uh, please uh, tune up uh, Sunday, Bloody Sunday by uh, <laughs> <laughs> and start playing that? I mean, that's the immediate thing I started humming from you two when I saw that yesterday. And, and, and the first thing when I saw the A&M firing, which was very shocking to me because they just won 51 to 10. I was like, hey, how do you feel if you're Mississippi State and you lose 51 to 10? And the other team fires their coach. Yeah. So I guess they felt pretty bad about it and decided they had needed to go ahead and do something about it as well yeah. and get rid of Zach Arnett. And with Sam Pittman, it's blatantly obvious that they're going to have to make a change. Um, chaos was the key word with the weather getting a little squirrely for the, for around Auburn Opelika over the weekend. We both kind of felt like something was in the air. Too bad it wasn't on the field yet with all the top nine teams now in college football marching on to try and get those last final four spots. But it was off the field. Mm -hmm. And I think this is going to continue because with expansion coming on board, no one wants to have to make a change two years from now. You want to get your guy locked in. You want to get your system locked in with Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC. And goodness gracious, what else is going to change over the next three years? And I'm if I'm if I'm Auburn right now, coming out of Arkansas, you fans, if there's any doubters left. 
please stop doubting and just get down on your knees and be thankful that we're not having to make the Ryan Harson change this year and went ahead and pulled the trigger last year and getting Hugh Freeze and getting our guy locked in. And speaking of uh, Brian Harson, Boise State fired their head coach too. So you never know. He may get back into the coaching circle, if you will, out there in Boise, Idaho. We'll take our first break here in hour number one on the Monday edition of On the Line. We'd love to hear from you on a Monday afternoon. 334-321-1390. We'll talk some of the biggest results in question of the day. When we come back then, we're diving deep into Auburn and Arkansas as the Tigers are going bowling in 2023. All that coming up here on the Monday edition of On the Line. ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines once again here on the Monday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. And Dennis, you're on the line, man. Welcome in. Fellas, how y'all doing today? Doing great, man. What's on your mind? Well, I was going to call you. Talk about the coaching carousel today, guys. Yeah, I it's 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 on a roll, isn't it? Wait, is this Dennis Mitchell, world famous coaching search advisor and expert? What's up, Dennis? How are you? Uh, I'm the coaching guru, guys. How <laughs> That's right, my today? man. We're doing good. Thank you for calling in. Where where do you want to start? Where do you want to start, Dennis? Do you want to start in Boise? Do, do. Let's start with Boise. That surprised me the most. I'll throw yeah. a name for the job. He was a receiver there. Kellen Moore's younger brother, the OC at Missouri. I'm going to go with Kirby Moore to be the coach at Boise. Okay. Very okay. nice. I, I like it. it. Yeah, good job, Dennis. And also for the A&M job, if I was A&M, I would look at these two. One's assistant, one's a head coach. He's at Tulane, Willie Fritz, and the other guy, Glenn Shulman, the D.C. at Georgia. Yep. Yeah, the show, the showman name is being thrown around a lot. Dennis, I cannot foresee someone, any organization, giving $78 million to their head honcho to pack his bags and leave town and then back that up with an assistant hire as the new head coach oh, yeah. with no experience as a head coach in college football. I cannot foresee that. Well, it worked for Oregon and Cristobal and Lanning so far, you know. That's you know. fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Fa- that's, good. That's good. Fa- yeah, but, but and, in and those for- situations, in those situations, both hires followed um, Oregon's coach being hired away from another program and not having right. to can him and probably getting some money from that coach going somewhere else and being able to be like, look, we can kind of get here on the cheap and make an investment and not even have to pay. We'll use uh, we'll use Florida State's money yeah. for getting Willie Taggart uh, yeah, to, right. to buy Mario Cristobal. That's right. And also, too, Mississippi State, one name I know they mentioned, heard John Sumrall's name's been mentioned for oh, yeah. Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. As a Troy fan, I hope he stays a little longer, but I'll throw a name for the Mississippi State job. He's got Liberty Flames undefeated this year is Jamie Chadwell. Okay, I've seen that name fly around a few yeah. times, and and you know what? I think, and you can you can disagree if you want. You may agree with me. The Arkansas job that we expect to open up in the next few weeks, Dennis. Do you put Arkansas and Mississippi State kind of in that same category where any name that pops up for one is probably going to be considered for the other? I would think so, guys. I tell you, I would other than Jamie Chadwell for Mississippi. State, State job, Arkansas and Mississippi State jobs probably about the same level right now. 
But Jamie Chevro would be my choice at Mississippi State. My second choice would be my first choice at A&M. If, if he don't get it, it's Willie Fritz still. Okay. I think both both are winners. And I was going to ask y'all two guys before I let y'all guys go. On the high school coaching front, what names y'all hearing for Talsey and Opelika? I was surprised Speckman got let go from Opelika. And, of course, Mike Battles was at Talsey for 12 long years, second as winning coach behind behind Hot O'Brien and the second longest tenure behind Hot O'Brien, too, which yeah. I hope Mike Battles ends up coaching high school somewhere. He's done, he did pretty good, but he had a bad bump on the road at Talsey this year. Uh, I'm going to go with 80 people to apply for that Talsey job if I had bet money right now. Okay. What I mean, look at block? this. Look at that. We're getting insider coaching searches, <laughs> not just in college football, but on a local level in high school. Dennis, thank you so much for joining right, us. Thank Look you, forward to hearing from you again. Both of those programs in Tallahassee and Opelika, proud football traditions. I heard a Pee Wee team fire their coach somewhere. He, yeah. they may, he may have the scoop on that, too. That's impressive. I yeah, like that. I would imagine that I don't have any inside scoop that Opelika is probably going to try and go big because they're just like uh, a Mississippi State or Arkansas right now moving into 7A. Yeah. You, they better get somebody who can uh, who can roll it because that is a difficult, difficult division to try and be successful in when, when you're one of the smaller schools. Yeah, and you know they made that move and and it's it's going to take a little time for Opelika, but here's the thing. When you look at their games this year, if the ball bounces their way in three or four games, they win, and I think he probably keeps his job. So um, I'm not really sure there. I've heard a couple of names float around, but in the Tallahassee job, I'll be completely honest. I don't have any insight on that whatsoever, um, but – uh, I mean, you got to go get somebody, especially if you're Opelika, because you got to compete with. How about the school right here in town, Auburn High, that's playing in the second round this Friday, taking on Central Phoenix City? So uh, you got to find somebody to get in there. But to get back on the college yeah. coaching carousel, that's a, obviously the, the go-to word, but that's what it is. I mean, this thing's going 100 miles an hour right now. Sure. Um, and we're going to talk Auburn, Arkansas coming up in the next segment. I'm not surprised about the Jimbo Fisher firing. I'm not surprised, but the timing is weird, right? And I said on Friday, if however, if in whatever situation Mississippi State were to have beaten Texas A&M on Saturday, I said that Jimbo Fisher would have been fired on the spot before he could walk out of Kyle Field. But he beat them by four touchdowns or more. I mean, they I just mean, they, they, crushed them. they put it on them. And that's what Texas A&M is supposed to do against Mississippi State. But what was it after that game where A&M finally said, yeah, this is the time to let him go? I just The timing's weird. I thought he was going to lose his job at the end of the year. I think he should have lost his job because he's a mediocre coach. He always has been and he always will be. And if he's smart, he'll never step foot on a sideline again. He just got paid $80 million to never work again. Um, yeah, but that he's one, not that smart. No, I don't think so. And he's he's one of those guys that has the coaching itch, right? He may be out sure. of it for a year, and then somebody, some middle ground school will call, and he'll take another job now, you somewhere. know what's going to happen here, Jacob. It's the same thing that happens with Butch Jones. It's the same thing yes. that happens with Steve Sarkeesian. He's going to end up in Tuscaloosa next oh, year on the no. uh, Saban coaching I don't rehab. I don't know. And they're going to all pretend like they never had any problems <laughs> about the recruiting out in Texas A&M, and you're going to see him over on the sidelines with his readers, and he's going to be marking stuff on paper, and he's going to do his time there. Heck, Alabama might even have to drop 
their offensive coordinator, and he'll step in for the last couple of games like it happened with Lane Kiffin, and then next thing you know, he's the new coach over at Central Arkansas or somewhere like that. You know how it works. Well, we've seen tons of names fly open for that Texas A&M job. And here's the the biggest name that continues to pop up in any big-name coaching search is Dan Landing from Oregon. And I love that idea. But Dan Lanning, with the college football playoff expanding next year, he would be an idiot to leave Oregon right now. He yeah, would be an idiot. He I would. Agree. The money would be there for A&M. There's no doubt about it. But if he wants to win and compete for national championships right now, the place for him to be is in Eugene, to be in Oregon. Because Oregon will be a contender to make the college football playoff every year starting next year. They are this year. Yeah, but if you're they, a contender now, you're going to be a contender for the 12-game playoff expansion. Exactly. And now they're going to be moving, right, conferences and all that. Oh, yeah. I don't see Dan Landing going anywhere unless he's chasing the money, baby. If he's doing that, maybe so. But Texas A&M's got to find a coach because we know the recruits and the money are there. They may not be right now. They may be getting out of Dodge, but they got to find themselves a coach. We'll talk about that. And, of course, Auburn and Arkansas coming up here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Plus, Shane, we're going to get to you on the phone lines when we come back. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. On ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Joining me now, my new co-host is Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett here on a Monday afternoon inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. If you missed, we made the announcement at the beginning of the show. Wade will be joining me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays in the studio as we are getting into the back end of football season, into basketball season, and just so much to talk about. Uh, We've tried to cover as much as we can in these first 30 minutes of um, all the games over the weekend. We were talking about the coaching uh, craziness, if you will, with the firings and, and, the, and all the names floating around for some big-time jobs in college football. But we got a big game to talk about that happened over the weekend in Fayetteville, Arkansas, when Auburn went to, t- went to town and went on the road in the SEC as an underdog – and a chance to become bowl eligible in year one under Hugh Freeze. You went on the road to take on an Arkansas team that had a six-game losing streak. They went on the road and beat Florida in the swamp after firing their offensive coordinator. And everybody just decided to forget that Auburn has one of the best defenses in the SEC. And also people forgot that Auburn's offense started to figure things out going into this game. And people tend to forget that Auburn has pretty good success when they go to Fayetteville. And Auburn kind of owns Arkansas the last few years. Auburn reminded people who they were, especially Arkansas fans who tend to have a hatred for Auburn for whatever reason. Auburn went to Arkansas and beat them down 48-10 to on the road. And this game was over after the first quarter 21 to 3 after the first quarter Auburn put on another couple of points there in the second quarter to make it 27 to 3 you put on another 21 piece in the third quarter 
and you do give up a late touchdown, whatever. 48 to 10, Auburn is going bowling. They're 6 and 4 in dominating fashion over the Hogs. Yeah, we talked about Auburn needing to get off to a good start in this game. Check. 21 to 3 is a pretty good start. To say the least, they needed to create some turnovers. Check. They needed to limit big plays from KJ Jefferson. Check. And they needed to limit Rocket Sanders as two-headed snake, at least cut one head off the snake, and they did that. He had eight carries for zero yards. Last year, he went over a hundred, a buck and a fifty against the Tigers. That was huge. They couldn't do anything against us uh, defensively. They could not move the ball. I don't even think they had more than three plays over 10 yards in this game. Crazy. Time of possession, Auburn 38 minutes, 15 seconds. Arkansas had the ball for 21 minutes and 45 seconds. In my world, that is three and out, three and out, three and out, and three and out. And that Tiger defense, didn't. they looked like they could have played another four quarters. Third downs was a big one in this game. Auburn was 7 for 12 on third down conversions. Arkansas, just 1 for 12. 1 for 12 on third downs. Uh, you mentioned the yardage numbers. Ar- or Auburn had a total of 517 yards in this game. Arkansas right. just 255. Uh, and Auburn, they threw the ball a little bit. 163 yards, nothing too crazy. But efficient play once again from Peyton Thorne, who had three touchdowns. He did have another interception, but uh, was talked about today where uh, he just has a shake it off next play mentality, which I think is a really important thing that we're going to get into. But Auburn went back to Auburn football, man. They said we have the some of the best running backs in the SEC. Our offensive line has been playing pretty well, and we are going to hammer you with the football. In total, between running backs, quarterbacks, and everybody else, Auburn ran for 354 yards on an SEC defense on the road, man. That, that is as good as it gets in this conference. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care where it's at or what point in the season. That is an impressive number for Auburn. Yeah, Jarquez Hunter was a beast. He's been a beast over the last four weeks, really moving up the uh, statistical food chain in the SEC for running backs. Is there a running back in the league playing better than him right now? No. DeMario Austin looked very healthy and very shifty and still runs with power. He's a threat out of the backfield to catch the ball as well. Jeremiah Cobb even got in the action. So did Brian Battee. 32 first downs in this game while Arkansas had 10 and several of those were late in trash time. A ill-advised bad throw by Robbie Ashford in the second half or Auburn gets into the 50s. I'm telling you, the Tigers are peaking at the right time this season and I am one that did not believe we would be sitting at 6-4 and four before we play New Mexico State after seeing the second half of the game in LSU. So kudos to uh, Hugh Freeze and staff for making the necessary changes they felt like they needed to. We talked about it all season. They settled on one quarterback, and they've started building that offense and opening up the offense since going with one quarterback. And the defense outside of the uh, LSU game has just been rock solid all year. Good job. I've been trying to tell people, man, that this Auburn defense is 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 ridiculously good. And I said this late last week. I can't remember which day or which show it was on. But I said this will go down as one of the most underrated defense. I hope it doesn't. I hope they continue to get the praise that they deserve. And, and, and my listeners know that it will not – it'll be for me. I'm going to praise them as much as I can because that defensive front on Saturday – 
They bullied Arkansas. I mean, just absolutely bullied Arkansas in the trenches. And Hugh Freeze talked about that today in his weekly press conference, how Auburn dominated not just Auburn's defensive line versus Arkansas's offensive line. Auburn's offensive line played extremely well. They are the reason Auburn ran for 300-something yards between running backs and quarterbacks. Peyton Thorne had another good running day, which, again, nobody really knew that coming into this season when he transferred here, but... He can move when he has to, and he can pick up yards, and that helped Auburn take a little stress off of the offense on Saturday. But Auburn dominated in the trenches on both sides, and the defensive line and linebackers just got after K.J. Jefferson and every running back that touched the football for Arkansas. They weren't throwing it anywhere because guys like Keontae Scott and D.J. James and and those guys just, they don't let anything, it's a no-fly zone back there. It really is, and so... Credit to them uh, because everybody's wanting to talk about the offense because that's what has gotten better throughout the year. But the defense has played like this all season. I mean, they've played like this since the Cow game back in week two. They just haven't – I'm not saying they haven't gotten better because I think they have, but they just continue to dominate week in and week out. But everybody wants to focus on the offense, and rightfully so because they deserve a lot of love. Take away the the one Robbie Ashford throw came in and had one pass attempt and it was picked off, so that tells you all you need to know. Peyton Thorne was 12 of 20 for 163 yards and three touchdowns, and again, he had an interception as well, which I think has to get fixed. But what more do you want from Auburn in a game, man? 48 points on the road, gave up 10. You, you basically get a coach fired uh, on the road, and, and now Auburn's going bowling. You have a good chance to get to seven wins. And then you go into the Iron Bowl with a lot of confidence. And we don't want to look too far ahead because there's still a lot to break down in this game. I want to ask you a question, Uncle T-Bone. Our good friend Jack Hudden, he texted me earlier today and wanted me to, to kind of discuss this question. He said, I'm curious to know if people think, and, and our listeners, I want you to chime in as well, 334-321-1390. He says, curious to know if people think that the Arkansas game, so this game on Saturday, was this the most important game in Hugh Freeze's first year? I had a little bit of this discussion last week on how big this game was based off of recruiting and based off of your record and based off of what the season outlook could be at the end of it. So it kind of plays into this question, but Given how the game went and how Auburn looked and how they performed and the fun that they had and the recruiting things that have already come out of this, was this the biggest game so far in the very, very young Hugh Freeze era at Auburn? In the moment, I I say no, and here's why. We may look back 10 years from now and everyone be like, that's the moment that I officially got all in and I realized we were in good hands and it was just a wonderful weekend while, you know, other teams were uh, and other programs were firing their coach. We were rolling on along in Fayetteville and just picking up four and five star recruits. And we're in, in Huey Trust. And, and I knew it all along. But in the moment this season, I think the Mississippi State game was the most important game. And here's why that you come in, you had to stop the bleeding. And, and if Mississippi State would have rolled up in here into Jordan-Hare Stadium and taken care of business against us, first of all, Zach Arnett's probably not gone. 
at Mississippi State, which might be a bad thing for the rest of the league that he's not going to be there any longer. But you had to you had to get a victory, and and you had to begin like I've talked about over the last three weeks. Start somewhere taking down programs that you're better than and announcing to the SEC that the days of the last 10 years when we've been mediocre against the Mississippi States and Bandies of the world, they're over. So, you know, if we if we lose that game at Missis, uh, against Mississippi State two weeks ago, I don't think we go into Fayetteville and roll Arkansas like we did this Saturday. You've got to start somewhere, and that was a good place to do it. But, yeah, I mean, history might say so differently down the road. I'm going to say that this was the most important game so far this season for Auburn and Hugh Freeze, and here's why. It's because of the things that I just listed, right? Going into the game, Auburn's a 5-4 and four football team. You go on the road in the SEC – as an underdog, and you dominate. I mean, you you win from the opening coin toss and never look back. Auburn was in control. Auburn was a better football team from talent to coaching to fan base to everything. Auburn was the better team on Saturday. This was not just a one-off thing. Auburn didn't kick a field goal to win this game. Right. Auburn put it on Arkansas, and if you play that game ten times over – Auburn wins it eight out of ten times, at least eight out of ten times. I mean, our defense could still be out there licking their chops. Exactly. And Hugh Freeze said today, with no disrespect to Arkansas, that they could have put up some serious numbers on Saturday if they wanted to. But they started milking the clock about halfway through the third quarter. And how many times in the last ten years, let's just look at a small window here, how many times in the last ten years have you seen Auburn go on the road in the SEC as an underdog against what everybody else said was a team you're not supposed to beat, how many times has Auburn gone on the road and done something like this where you nearly put up 50 points and you win by 38 and the spread and the betters in Las Vegas are running with their tails between their legs, right? How many times has this happened? Not very often. And I've said that this game now, you are now bow eligible which is something Hugh Freeze has stressed as an important factor for this team in year one and this program in year one. You've already seen recruiting effects from this game itself, and I think you're going to see a lot more based off some firings of coaches in this conference. And now, Auburn, again, if things go like they're supposed to and you handle business this Saturday against New Mexico State, which is not an easy task, you'll be a seven-win team. And a chance to beat Alabama in year one to be an eight-win team in year one. This game for Auburn was the most important for Hugh Freeze, in my opinion. It just was. You showed everything just sort of came together. And it wasn't just about winning a game. It's how you did it. You did it defensively. You did it offensively. Your special teams were great. McPherson is showing he's going to be a legend at Auburn as a kicker. No, yeah. Everything came together for Auburn. And the things in that four-game losing streak, you could see some of the bright spots, but things had to get better. And then you talked about stopping the bleeding against Mississippi State, and it carried over into the Vanderbilt game. But even those two games weren't pretty and weren't perfect. And Arkansas, this Arkansas game wasn't perfect. But for the first time this season, all the things that Hugh Freeze has talked about and all the assistant coaches have talked about that they're trying to implement on this team and implement on this program, 
it all came together on Saturday. And it was a performance that I think for the first time in 2023, Auburn fans were proud of. And I bet if you asked Hugh Freeze behind closed doors, he would tell you the same thing. That's why this was the most important game for me. Because of how the outlook of the season is going to look. When we're done in 2023, this will be the game everybody remembers. If you beat Alabama, it'll be that one. But if you lose, this will be the game that everybody remembers. Hey, do you remember when Auburn went on the road to Fayetteville and just absolutely obliterated Arkansas? And that was where everything came together for this team and program? That's why it's the biggest one for yeah, me. Yeah, I sure can't remember staying up till 2 in the morning to watch the Cal game, that's for certain. <laughs> you said a key word earlier, though, that I think people need to expound on. This game was fun. Yes. This was the first time in years that Auburn football, for me, as a lifelong fan, was fun watching the game. You could just kick back and kind of enjoy a blowout and start seeing some names of players and noticing things that you don't normally do because you're so worried about the score and the outcome of the game. Somebody pointed out to me that a big game was back in, during the COVID year that was a lot of fun like this is when LSU came to town mm-hmm. and Bo Nix and team blew out the Bayou Bengals. But I've got to go back further than that, I mean, because that was such a strange year anyway, and, and obviously uh, LSU's head coach was getting close to being on his way out. Um, in in Ed Orgeron, but you know it's it, Auburn football. I think you got to go back to 2017 for this to be as fun feeling as this past Saturday was, because it kind of came out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. You know they had taken care of business against Mississippi State and Vandy, and not saying this team is quite at the level of the one in 17 towards the end of the year, but not many people when number one Georgia came to town had the Tigers taking care of business in that game, and we just exploded on them, right? So you know we exploded on Arkansas like we haven't seen Auburn really do against a Power Five team this season. It was just fun and uh, for that I will always remember this football game and hopefully we do look back many years from now and say that's when the program exploded with its trajectory as well. The only other game that that comes to mind in the recent years is in 2019 when Auburn went to Fayetteville and Bo Nix in his freshman year hung 51 on Arkansas they beat him 51 to 10 a very similar performance to what we saw this past Saturday. Let's get to our final break. Shane is back on the phone lines. We're going to get to him as soon as we come back. Give him a couple of minutes to talk as we round out hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines to wrap up our number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Shane, you're on the line. We appreciate you holding on through the break, man. Yeah, man. How are y'all doing today? Doing good, man. What's on your mind? I just wanted to chime in on some on some some of your topics. All right. Well, uh, you got about uh, two minutes, man. Let it rip. Two minutes. All right. Let me get it. Uh, first off, um, no way uh, Dan Lanning should leave um, Oregon, and I don't think Correct. he will. He, he's got it set up right now. Right now. Yeah. He. Um, I, I'm just saying. The, I'm with y'all. I think that would just be a crazy move, an unnecessary move for him. And if he hangs around and does what I think he can do at Oregon, that Alabama job opens up and he would be one of their top candidates. Yeah, well, then let's go ahead and go to uh, to Texas A&M then. 
let's go ahead and get him to move to Texas A&M okay. if the alternative is Alabama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd rather him. I'd rather, I'd rather play him at A and M than Alabama. That's that's that's, that's a very that's a very fair point. Because I, I I do believe he's a, he's one of the top you know three or four coaches in the country right now. So mm-hmm. I agree. But um, I, I, I'm I'm I, I don't see him moving at least for at least not this year. Um, secondly, I feel bad for Robbie Ashford. The one throw he he threw it was an interception and. I feel it for the kid. He just—he's got—it's in his head right now, and, and and he can't get out of it. So, and uh, I hope—I hope he sticks around. Maybe I don't know if, if there's talk. Maybe he'll move to a receiver or anything like that. Or, or he, he he wants to play, you know, quarterback, and he and he wants to maybe move on after the season. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And then lastly, uh, um, yeah, we did we did awesome this weekend, and the fact that we we what how many how many recruits three or four. I can't remember. Yeah, but three or four recruits this weekend is showing that we're in the right direction, and and like we were all saying, this this whole you know whole year, especially me and you, Jake, uh, just relax, play, yep. the, let, let the game play, that's right, and enjoy the game, and it will, it will come, yeah, and it, and it's starting to. So that's right. That's all I got, guys. War Eagle. Yeah, appreciate the call, Shane. We appreciate you holding on through the break as well. He had a couple things, and I wanted I wanted to let him kind of get all of his thoughts out as we're about to be up against our, our top of the hour break. Um, Dan Lanning, absolutely, he is he is probably the top coaching candidate right now in college football as he should be. Um, and, and pretty much all the chips are in his in his hand, and he can play them exactly how he wants to, uh, and, he, and he absolutely should. Um, yeah, we Shane, you and I talked about it a lot, brother. Everybody, just chill out this season. Let it play out. And to go back to my point about this game against Arkansas being the biggest one so far, it's the fact that Auburn beat a team they weren't supposed to. And I said that's what they needed all year long, and they finally did it, Uncle Tebow. Yeah, I'd like to see them do it again uh, right here at the end of the season before the bowl uh, bowl game. Yeah, you're right about that. Well, But he said it, though, big weekend, three commits, two for the class of 2024 and one for the class of 2025. That class shaping up to be a top five class if this continues we'll talk some more about that auburn arkansas all the other craziness in college football maybe have some time to talk a little basketball as well because jacob hillman of the auburn sports network joins us coming up in hour number two don't go anywhere stay right here on espn 1067 Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika sports leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Monday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. We're inside the Auburn Plaza Bar. 
and Lounge Studio. They are a wonderful studio sponsor between 2 and 4 p.m. each and every weekday here on ESPN 1067. I'm Jacob Goins, joined by Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett. If you missed our announcement back in hour number one, Wade will be joining me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays now as my new co-host a couple of days a week. And so uh, we're excited to have him along for the ride. We always have a good time on Friday afternoons. And so we figured we'd do it a couple of more days a week as well. So we're happy to have him along. If you missed anything, uh, including the announcement back in hour number one, be sure to go and find the show as a podcast on demand. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to our station website at ESPNAU.com and you'll find it commercial free posted in our podcast center right after the show. So uh, excited to get into hour number two. Got a couple of phone calls waiting. We're going to get to them in just a second. Uh, We have Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network who will join us coming up at uh, 3.30 as well. So looking forward to talking with him and getting caught up on all things in Auburn athletics. But uh, Wade, for new listeners here in hour number two that may be uh, just now tuning in, getting in the car, what have you, um, again, just excited to have you along for the ride, man. And and it's going to be a lot of fun finishing out football season, getting into basketball season, uh, and having you along for Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, man. Yeah, I I can't wait. Basketball season uh, is awesome. Obviously, we still got a ways to go with my very uh, favorite passion and as a, a college football aficionado, as I like to call myself. So we've got uh, just a tr- what a tremendous time to come on board, too. I mean, with uh, Hugh Freeze first year and then all the action just regular during football season and then expansion and coaching searches, recruiting. I mean, we, you know, next thing you know, it'll be March and it'll be March Madness. So we're going to have a good time and I'm just proud and honored to be here with you and on 106.7 ESPN Radio from 2 to 4 in Auburn, Opelika, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Let's get to the phone lines with a couple of regular guests, 334-321-1390. We'd love to hear from you in this second hour. We'll start with Terry. You're on the line, man. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, Jake. How are you on T-Bone doing? We're doing great, man. What's on your mind? How do you feel about that game on Saturday, Terry? I know you got a few words oh, to say. I'm very impressed. I don't think anybody was surprised they won. It was the way they won. Correct. I think I, there was so much happiness that it wasn't funny. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, that's, the way that I put it was this was a performance that I think Auburn fans should be overly, overly proud of. Yeah, and, and you know what that Arkansas team looked a lot like? But mm. uh, Gene Chizik last year at Auburn. They've given up on their coach. They've given up on everything. That's quite honestly. Take nothing away from the, you know, the, the final score, but at the same time, you know what I'm saying. Well, I, look, I think that that is a great comparison midway through that uh, – really that first quarter you just kind of started seeing Arkansas uh, with a couple of cheap shots, a couple of uh, lazy tackles on running backs. I remember that in 2012 uh, against LSU, them coming to town and just running through our tackles, not squaring up, not swarm tackling, not picking your teammate up, not patting them on the tush, not had no energy, the crowd dying out. I mean, it looks like, and I don't think that you or us or anybody are the only people saying this. You can tune into uh, Twitter and see that from uh, from what I saw, some uh, former players at Arkansas. Bad day at Black Rock for Arkansas and Fayetteville, and uh, I think they'll be looking for a new coach at the end of the season. Yeah, quite honestly, I just, I just think Auburn, first time Auburn this year looked like a Hugh Freeze coach football team. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I said. Everything yeah. just kind of came together on Saturday, Terry. I want to make a comment on Dan Lanning. Yeah. I don't think Dan Lanning's leaving Oregon for any job but the Georgia job. 
And Only the Georgia job. Okay. We're going to have to wait a I long think, time for that one. <laughs> well, no, 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 too, this is what I'm leading into saying here. I think if Kirby Smart can win three, no, he hasn't done it yet, but if he does, he can. Coaches have egos like, like ordinary people, except theirs are a little more inflated than others. And if he can do something nobody else has, has done three in a row, he said, I'm going to go to the NFL. Hey, Nikki over at Tuscaloosa, I've done something you ain't done. I'm going to go to the NFL, be a success, something you didn't do either. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I mean, it's an interesting theory there, Terry, but. I think Kirby Smart is built a little bit different. Um, he, he's he's a Georgia boy. He doesn't seem to have all the, I don't know, personality flash that maybe some of these more egotistical coaches do. And he looks pretty content to me there. And he'll just use every season, like we talked about on this show, anytime as a motivating factor that we're up against the wall and they're trying to take us down. And I believe he'll be there for a long time. Yeah, but too, if he wins three in a row, coaches are, are like anybody said, love a good challenge. He's already done everything. He's done the most you could ever do. He's won, you know, he'd win 36 games in a row. He's won three national titles. Brock Bowers is going to leave there after this year being a three-time national champion every year he's been there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, no one's they, won they four in a row either, either, though. Right? No one's won five in a row. Did you yeah, see well, Brock I mean, I Bowers? Yeah, Terry, did you see Brock Bowers back up? I got to pull his number no. up and name. Uh, that might be Brock Bauer's long lost brother. He looks very solid. You're talking Lad McConkey, or the, are you talking the <laughs> no, other no, guy? No, no, the other tight end. The other tight end. Well, McConkey went all off. Season. Oh, McConkey is healthy and back. Right, right. You're talking the other tight end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and look, they're just going to keep pumping out talent like that uh, year after year after year as long as Kirby Smart's there. The big challenge for any of these coaches, though. I, just, I, just, I will say this. I, 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 I kind of like your theory, but the big challenge for any of these successful coaches right now is the fact that now Texas and Oklahoma are coming into the uh, right. SEC. So there's right. a new mountain to, to, to climb over, right? Right. And one last thing, guys. Could, could Texas have dare maybe Bobby Petrino a candidate? Or I mean, could they dare do that? Is, are they that brave? I don't know if they're that desperate, I've been calling Terry. that all year. I don't know. You're, oh, the name stupid. you're looking for is Oscar Delt, by the way. That's Thank right. you, Michaela. Yep. Oscar Delp, everybody. Look him up. There you go. Fantastic prospect. Brock Barack Bowers Jr. He'll be in the NFL in a couple of years, just like Brock. And, and Jacob, I'm not sure, but I think there's some Auburn ties on that Texas A&M staff. Uh, Damien Craig, I think Otis Mounds mm-hmm. is on that staff. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. They're going to be looking for jobs, too. Take care, guys. Yeah, appreciate the day. call, Terry. Great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Let's continue with the phone lines. Inspector, you've been on the line. We appreciate you calling in. What's on your mind? Hey, um, you know, I think I'm more surprised in the performance of Arkansas than I am Auburn. In, in the bad play by Arkansas? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, coming off of a win from Florida and then heading into the Auburn game at home, you think they were playing Alabama. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a perspective I haven't really heard a lot about, and and it's something that we just sort of got into with Terry right there. But it's 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 true. You would have thought Arkansas would have played with a little bit more heart, more passion, especially coming off a big win on the road in Gainesville a week ago. Absolutely. Let me tell you. Let me talk about uh, our players a little bit. Uh, of course, we had a it was an outstanding game mm-hmm. offensively and especially defensively. Uh, but I did notice a couple problems. Uh, Peyton still got his problem throwing to the sideline pass and not seeing the receiver or the defensive back. Mm-hmm. And, of course, last week it was seven points. This week it was three points. And then we had 
Uh, yeah, you're not going to get away with that against Alabama in the Iron Bowl. That'll be an immediate no. seven points and and uh, pick six. So yeah, now, staring down receivers on both of those interceptions is something that we could probably pick apart a little bit about the last two games. Yeah, he didn't go to the sideline though and say it again that he didn't see him. No, I, I mean it's and it's something that he has to fix. But luckily, um, he does have that you know next play mentality. Doesn't seem to let it bother him a whole lot. But you got to get it worked on, man. You can't can't give the other team opportunities, especially when you're playing teams like Alabama in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, in the past, I know the offense was struggling in, in the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. especially the middle. But have you noticed that he's got a, a eight? I think it's eight, maybe nine interceptions already. Yeah, I mean he's got yeah he's gotten he's got quite a few. I mean he's averaging about one a game right now. Is is Peyton Thorne and and that's not look down the road that's not good enough. You're able to kind of bury that in a forty eight to ten win. It's easy to just say yeah it's fine. But if he is the man of the future, that has to change if you want this team to be competitive. Yeah, you know Shane touched on it, and, and I've said it before. There's something going on upstairs with Robbie, uh, he, and it showed on. It showed on the sideline after the interception. I mean, he was just absolutely zoned out with, with disappointment. I mean, he was having players come over and trying to console him, but he wouldn't have anything to do with it at mm-hmm. first. But there's something, you know, he needs to get some some counseling somehow and find out what's going on. Yeah, and, you know, we... it's, it seems like to me he's trying too hard to impress freeze and he very well might be you know i mean he's in a he's in a a tough predicament where he's trying to get his way into a starting role he's trying to prove himself and and yeah maybe it is just trying too hard and and you look it's extremely frustrating when you're trying and you're still not succeeding at the rate you want to right and you have one you have one pass attempt in the entire game and you come in and it's an interception like that's tough man i don't care who you are i don't care how tough you are mentally physically emotionally that's tough to deal with in a, in a position like Robbie Ashford's in. So, look, I, I can't yeah. speak to his to his mental health or anything, but, yeah, I mean, that's got to be frustrating in itself. Yeah, two more points, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll let you all go. He, um, he's, Freeze had announced that uh, Holden was a backup quarterback, right? Second, mm-hmm. second quarterback. And Robbie comes in, well, you know, uh, I don't have a problem with that. But when, when Holden came in, I thought sure we would get some attempts passing to see what the see what he could do. Yeah, I just think that was a time and score thing, and and Freeze mentioned yeah. that today in his presser. I mean, no reason to to put you know put salt in the wound if you're Auburn against Arkansas. I mean that it wouldn't have been a great look. I would have liked to have seen some throws, but time and score just didn't really allow for it. Yeah, I agree. And one more thing, Cam Cam Brown, he needs not be on the field for the rest of the year. Yeah, a couple of uh, couple of bad drops there. And thank you, Spectre, for uh, getting in with us. Uh, there is still time in the show. Give us a call at 334-321-1390. Cam Brown is someone preseason that I was very big on. I still think that he can grow in a role here at Auburn. Two, two bad drops, though, in this yes. game. And this is something that we've talked about all season long, are drop passes at receiver for Auburn. It must stop, and that cannot happen against Alabama or a team like Alabama. You won't beat them. But also, you know, a lot of interceptions this year, folks, these people have only been playing together since August. 
it takes time. It takes a lot of time for everybody to get on the same page. Yeah, Peyton Thorne has seven interceptions on the season to 13 touchdowns. And, I mean, you could say four or five of those were just bad throws. And I think he would tell you that. I think Hugh Freeze would tell you that. Um, And you look at his completion numbers, 129 completions for 203 pass attempts. How many of those are drops I mean this team is averaging at least 20 yeah I mean five or six drops a game I would say averaging right now especially over the last couple of months and so if you fix all of those things and we're playing our favorite what if game here but what if those drops were catches right what if half of those drops were catches what if half of those interceptions Peyton Thorne didn't throw because he actually saw the guy or whatever I mean there's so many different things or the Um, right you know or somebody didn't run the right route right yeah exactly there's so many things that play into that it's not just oh he didn't see the guy now there are sometimes in the Vanderbilt game he didn't, he didn't see that him. guy. <laughs> he didn't see that guy, and he'll tell you that. But he stared down that receiver, too. He did, He does still struggle with that. He does. Peyton Thorne struggles with that at times, and he's got to get that figured out. But you can see his confidence building. No you question. can see the offensive line and the running backs, and everybody's confidence is building. A couple of receivers are. It's just not where it needs to be just yet. 3-3-4. Three, three, 321-1390. We're going to get back to the phone lines with Crawford when we come back here on the Monday edition of On the Line. ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Let's get back to the phone lines. We're typically busy on the phones. They're usually hot on a Monday afternoon, typically after losses, but hot on a Monday after a win, and we love to see it. 334-321-1390. And Crawford, you've been holding on for a minute. We appreciate you calling in, man. What's up? No problem, my friend. Jacob, you don't know me, but I've known the man sitting next to you for well over 40 years. Oh, wow. And, okay. Uh, okay. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, without a doubt, you could not have picked a better, more astute co-host. Well, I, I feel he, I feel he, the exact same way, man. He is a special, I say young man, because hell, I'm on he is. <laughs> but, uh, and and we, we love uh, Wade and his family, and he will do you a hell of a job. He bleeds orange and blue. Uh, as I do, and uh, I'm, I'm real tickled for him and, and, and very proud of him. Yes. I want to ask a quick question. I've got a comment. Okay. Uh, 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 Cam Coleman, wasn't he uh, committed to A&M? He, yes, he is. He is committed to A&M as of right now. Okay, so I would think that may change, whatever. So, it very but, well uh, could. I mean, I think Auburn, in a situation, in any situation where a coach is fired, right, you have to look at that school and you have to start wondering if big-name players that were being pursued by other big-name schools are going to reconsider. We've already seen a couple of guys decommit from A&M, and you're going to see that happen for A&M and Arkansas and Mississippi State and any other school that fires their coach. That's just natural. And so, yeah, I think Auburn has to see – they've got to see the little blood in the water, for lack of a better phrase, and and they've got to pounce. Well, kick them while they're down. That's, that's right. Down. Honestly, yeah. Wade, uh, Wade, you know me and my trivial BS, but uh, I want this is a little bit ahead of schedule, but I'll, I'll go ahead and throw this out. Since the 1960s, uh, with a year ending in three, we've lost one game against Alabama. 1973. Correct. 63, 83, 93, 2003, 2013, so... Uh, history will will repeat itself to hell with Alabama. Thank y'all. 
Appreciate the call, Crawford. Great to hear from you. Yeah, thank you, Carl Daddy. Call in anytime. Uh, Good family friend there. Jacob, that's someone who has forgotten more about Auburn football and college football than you and I may ever know. And we know a lot because that's what we do, right? So he's a good dude. Don't be a stranger, Crawl Daddy. Ten-year anniversary from a very special game that occurred here on the Plains this fall, 2013. You know, what what happened in that football game? Was it like a kick six or something? Yeah, there was a field goal at some point. I don't know. Yeah, 2013 was awesome. Uh, it's an see, odd year. Where go from there? T- 2003 was, uh, let me think about this, uh, Go Crazy Cadillac, Go Crazy. 1993, uh, Nick DeSanders. 1983, Bo Jackson ran wild in uh, Birmingham at Legion Field in a torrential downstorm over the tide and sent the Tigers to the Sugar Bowl as SEC champions. There you go. And it, look, it's an odd year, which crazy things happen in, in the Auburn-Alabama game in the odd year, but can't get ahead of ourselves too much because um, Auburn uh, still has work to do this weekend, and that's going to be a heck of a game the next weekend when Alabama comes to town for the Iron Bowl. Um, and a reminder, while we're on that subject, just to kind of give you guys a scheduling update, We'll be here right through that Thanksgiving week, which is crazy that that is literally next week. Um, We will be here, right? We'll be here the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and the Friday after Thanksgiving. No shows on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. Um, But we understand how big it is. We want to be here. We know you want to be here as well. And so we'll be live that Wednesday before and we'll be live the Friday after, which is the day before the Iron Bowl. I can't speak to Doug's show. I don't know 100% on that, but I do know that on the line and the drive here on ESPN 106.7 and Auburn Opelika, we'll be live the day before and day after Thanksgiving, so keep that in mind. Uh, we'll be talking all things Iron Bowl, but Auburn defeats Arkansas over the weekend, 48-10. to We'd love to get your thoughts here as we have a couple of minutes before uh, we take a break and get to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, get some updates from around Auburn Athletics. And I want to go and talk some more about the just college football results because uh, you had Michigan beat Penn State, another big game where the Nittany Lions and James Franklin can't show up, can't perform, and they blow it like they always do. And Michigan, without their head coach, Jim Harbaugh, showed why they're one of the best teams in college football. And, man, they ran it all over the yard against the Nittany Lions there in Happy Valley. No coach, no problem for the Wolverines. They are a very physical football team that will line up in multiple tight end sets with fullback and try and pound on you. There's a lot of speed there. That defense is nasty under Jim Harbaugh, and there is a reason why several people have them number one still ranked over the Georgia Bulldogs. They passed the eye test no doubt about it. Well, this gets us into our question of the day. we got about five minutes, and I want to ask you and any of our listeners this, 334-321-1390. I try to do this on Mondays if we can. Biggest result in college football over the weekend. We're going to talk all over basketball in a minute with, with Jacob Hillman, so I promise we're going to get there because we've got some comments there. But biggest result in college football over the weekend. It can be because of playoff implications. It can be because of conference implications. It can be because of coaching implications, recruiting, anything on anything, anything that has to do with the game that happened. What's the biggest result in college football this weekend and why? Oh, I got to go with Georgia. I mean, they to me, they just reestablished the fact that they are 
they are the dogs barking on top of the college football world until somebody knocks them off. What I a beatdown that was. I mean, I mean in goodness. Ole Miss, my goodness, they were talking a little yang on Twitter all week. They're, they're, the, the, the Stephen Willis, who we, we have a relationship here, mm-hmm. I follow him on Twitter with the Locked On Ole Miss talking about how there were so many Ole Miss fans going to Athens and they were going to take over that stadium and game day was there and Lane's been right. He's all good. He's not stressed out and they looked really loose Ole Miss did for about two drives yeah and then they looked like they couldn't move the ball afterwards and Georgia just whipped them well let me ask you this I think I know your answer and I think most people are going to answer it the same way but I've got to ask it does this say more because Georgia beats Ole Miss 52 to 17 in a top 10 matchup I mean this was a big big game and the dogs you said it they reminded everybody that they're back-to-back national champions does it say more and this is the common question right does it say more about who Georgia is and what they are as a program putting up 52 in a top 10 matchup and holding Ole Miss to 17 or does it say more about Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss because in a big game they they you know they urinate down their leg once again (laughs) no no doubt about it um I think that we all kind of knew this was what Lane was and no one was drinking the Kool-Aid on how they were just going to respond uh so spectacularly this this weekend in Georgia as compared to other big games I think it says a lot for Georgia and says more for them look they have built a program over there that is just exceptional Jacob exceptional they could they're going to roll on into the SEC championship game and they could lose that game and still get in because they're that good Mm -hmm. so you know we saw Georgia here on the plains they got all they wanted from uh, from our Auburn Tigers that team in Kirby Smart and that staff have made them better and better and better and better each week. They improve and they get more impressive each week. I think it says more for Georgia's program. It's 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 hard enough to get to the top, but it's even harder to stay there, and they're not leaving. You're absolutely right. And, and what's crazy is the Auburn-Georgia game, that was a one-touchdown final. I mean, Georgia won by a score, and since that game – both Auburn and Georgia have gotten better. I know there was the LSU game in there for Auburn, but ever since then, both teams have gotten better and significantly better. And if those Agreed. two teams were to meet right now this weekend, I I think Auburn's gotten better, but man, Georgia's gotten even better. I mean, it's crazy that they've just kind of bounce back and they're like all right we woke up now here we go we're ready i mean it it says a lot for auburn's program and how impressive the defense is people should have been a little bit more clued in after uh, it took it took a herculean effort by brock bowers Mm -hmm. for georgia to win that game i mean people were basically just about ready to hand him the heisman after that and for good reason because if he doesn't play in that game auburn wins that game but but moving forward, Auburn's defense has gotten better and it's still solid. But I would put Auburn right now on a neutral field as what? A 14, 15 point underdog? I to would the say dogs. so. Yeah. Yeah, that's how much they've improved since then. And also, they didn't have Lad McConkey at full strength then. They found a running attack all of a sudden that right. they can rely on better, a traditional running attack. So, I mean, they're the, they're the, they're the total package. They're having receivers step up on the outside, and that defense is suffocating. It's almost a no name defense, kind of like Auburn right yeah you know we love Eugene Asante and you said it yourself he should probably be in the running for SEC defensive player of the year and I agree but still it's kind of a no-name defense Mm -hmm. just like Georgia where's the big Lorenzo Carter guy for Georgia right now can't name him 
Yeah. They sure swarm to the ball. Yes, they do. And I think we failed to mention today uh, that the SEC championship game is established. Georgia from the east and Alabama from the west once again. How can that kind of impact these later games down the stretch, including the Iron Bowl and the college football playoff? With that, my biggest result of the weekend, really quickly, Washington survives against Utah, and the Huskies are still alive in the Pac-12 and still alive in the college football playoff. Another tough test this weekend at Oregon State, I believe. Yeah. And that's a good Beaver team. We'll talk some Auburn athletics with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Jacob Goetz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Monday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. He is Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett, my new co-host on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays here on ESPN 106.7. And I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you as always from 2 to 4 here on ESPN 106.7. And we welcome in our usual Monday guest at 3.30s here on ESPN. It's Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network who is joining us as we are going to discuss all things in Auburn athletics. Jacob, great to hear from you on a Monday, man we appreciate you joining the show and uh, again i know it's a busy time for you as it always is yeah yes it is i'm, I'm glad you found you a co-host look forward to uh, meeting you t-bone and and speaking with you every monday yeah thank you i, I can't wait to shake your hand and i think we'll just have a lot of fun yes sir <laughs> well let's get into it let's go ahead and start with the big one that happened on saturday there in fayetteville auburn football travel to take on the hogs the razorbacks and auburn takes them down and gets a huge, huge win in the Hugh Freeze era, 48-10. to 10. Uh, And, I mean, use whatever adjective you want, dominant or whatever word. I'm sure you can come up with a better one than I can. Uh, give us your, your breakdown of what happened there on Saturday. Yeah, it would certainly be along those lines of just pure domination. Uh, didn't take any time to, to get rolling in this one. Obviously, first drive, Auburn scores. And then the special teams, uh, Keontae Scott comes out on that first defensive drive and returns a punt for a touchdown. So, I, I, that's the way I look at it, is that this offense has been comfortable for about three straight weeks and hasn't really slowed down at all. I think that that has been a consistent factor, and the defense continues to do what it's done, as I've, as I've continued to say, all year. I, I don't think the defense has wavered in any way uh, this season and has continued to improve in, in particular areas. I feel like uh, the, the defensive line, the front seven, is beginning to get to the quarterback more consistently and and really disrupt these offenses that they're facing in ways that we didn't see at the beginning of the year. It felt like a lot of bend but don't break. But now, I mean, I'm seeing ways that this Auburn defense has really just taken control of other offenses and and kind of dominated. So I I love what I'm seeing from both sides of the football. The third phase and special teams obviously uh, made a huge impact on Saturday as well with Scott's punt, uh, punt return for a touchdown and and, and I would say even kickoff coverage was really dang solid on Saturday as well. A couple big hits and just keeping Arkansas inside its own territory. Alex McPherson has been a stud. Uh, fortunately, you didn't even have to use Oscar Chapman that much, who, who's been a solid weapon so far this year. So I, I just think all around in every single phase of the game, Auburn was dominant and just showed how when everything comes together and gels together, what this team uh, can deliver and how it can show out. 
that's the biggest thing that I've tried to, to stress on the show today is this was the first time all season uh, that everything that the coaches and the players have been talking about that they've been trying to implement Hillman it all came together, and it came together at the right time against a team that you were you were not supposed to beat. You were the underdog on the road in the SEC, and everything truly came together, and, and Auburn put up a great performance on the road. Yeah, they did, and you look at the stat of the last, you know, this is the biggest margin of victory for Auburn over an SEC team since 2019 against the same Arkansas team, and I just, I just really think that it, it – it's it's been a long time coming. Clearly, uh, it's been four years since you've had a dominating performance like this. And obviously, you've had success since then. Uh, you've had big wins, but you haven't had a performance like this where you just go into uh, SEC opponents' territory and, and just give them everything you have. And that's what they did Saturday. And I, I really think that uh, that game plan that Coach Freeze and Philip Montgomery had on the offensive side was to come out early and often. And, and strike, and it, and it did just that. Peyton Thorne has, has found his rhythm. I think him running the ball has been the key. These last few weeks, he really just he, – he seems comfortable when he runs the ball and has that extra uh, level to his game working, and it, it really helps him passing the ball as well. So I think he I – mean, I mean, another thing, I, I felt like a lot of different guys did things in the receiving game. I, I you, you had Rivaldo Fairweather, Javarius Johnson scored touchdowns, but – it, I mean, it goes further. It goes more in depth than that. You had several guys get targets and make big plays. Shea Fair had that big catch uh, inside the five yard line. You found multiple tight ends. Caleb Burton obviously had the one big slant on the first drive. So I, I just think they're finding more and more dynamic ways uh, to, to utilize Peyton Thorne's arm, and and I, I think it's starting to to really come along at the right time for Auburn. Yeah, six different receivers uh, or players catching the ball against Arkansas, really spreading the love around Jacob. Um, being around Coach Freeze I, and, and meeting him a couple of times and observing him, I kind of get the feeling uh, that he is a uh, – he almost embraces that underdog grinding role, like uh, let's lock the uh, gate and see what happens. It's, it's, it's great for motivation. Last year, as an underdog, taking his Liberty Flame team up to Arkansas, winning 21-19. to But also last year, Jacob, a 24-point favorite over – Guess who? New Mexico State losing forty-nine to fourteen. Anything to worry about from this uh, New Mexico State team coming to town this Saturday? I don't know if worry is necessarily the way I, I'm looking at it, but I'm not overlooking uh, the New Mexico State team because I think that what Jerry Kill has done with this team this year has been impressive. I think they their first time in a hundred years that they beat uh, UTEP and New Mexico in the same year. That that's something that when a team does something historical like that, it means they're performing well and uh, they're motivated. They, they they have everything that they want to do. And and for you, what you mentioned, how Coach Freeze has experience with this team, and I, I know he's not overlooking them either, even if he had no history with them. Uh, obviously, a lot of Auburn fans, and I know, are, are looking forward uh, to the Iron Bowl in two weeks. I, I am as well. But the, the, you have to get – uh, things handled done uh, this Saturday, first of all. And this New Mexico State team is statistically uh, a better offense than anyone you're facing in November. That includes Alabama. Now, obviously, the, the strength of schedule and the competition they face is a little is obviously a little bit weaker. But still, they, they are a strong offense. They're motivated. They, they, they are going to be going to a bowl game this year. Uh, I, I, like I said, I'm not worried, but 
you can't overlook this one. I think New Mexico State will come in and, and, and probably show some things that uh, you definitely didn't see this past weekend where Auburn was for 60 minutes just a dominant team and you knew they were going to win. I, I do think that New Mexico State will uh, come in and probably probably put up a little bit of a fight. Well, numbers don't lie. I mean, I think that's the best way to yeah. put it. I mean, numbers don't lie, and you mentioned that this team is is going to be playing in the postseason. This is not a, a two-win team coming in, that an FCS opponent that just is taking the money and running, and Auburn can name their score. I mean, the Tigers have to show up and, and play this weekend and use it as a chance to, to not overlook an opponent in 2023. We're talking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network here on the Monday edition of On the Line. we got multiple sports to get to, so want to... Uh, continue to turn through them we have not yet had time to talk about basketball today so a perfect opportunity to do so Uh, auburn basketball after dropping their season opener against Baylor last Tuesday, they hosted uh, Southeastern Louisiana on Friday there in Neville Arena. And wasn't the prettiest of performances there, Jacob Hillman. Tigers are 2-0, but uh, there's some worry from Tiger fans early on. Yeah, that was a really interesting game, especially the first half where Auburn started slow. Only ha- It was 3-2. to two. Uh, Auburn threw three, uh, four and a half minutes at the under 16 in the first half. But I, I really think that uh, they, they found their groove, especially towards the end of that first half and during the second half uh, offensively where uh, the three started to fall, and I thought that was such an important thing for this team. Going into this year, we, we saw it last year where the three the threes were tough to come by uh, at times, but now this team is not afraid to shoot the ball at all. Uh, 11 for 32 from three. After Again, after last year, I think that's, that, that's, that's a number you'll take uh, as an Auburn fan. So that's almost 35%. And I, I think that there are certain guys on this team. Uh, I don't think Denver Jones had one of his better games on Friday night against Southeast Louisiana. I thought he struggled a little bit. I think he will have his way uh, when we start getting into the flow of games and everything. Now, the defensive side is where, obviously, Coach Pearl is, has not been happy with, especially in the second half of these mm-hmm. games. It's where, it's where Auburn lost the game uh, against Baylor and and Southeastern, in the middle of that second half, you thought to yourself, okay, this might come down to the wire. And, of course, the offense was able to uh, pull away for Auburn uh, in that game on Friday night. But it's still not what Coach Pearl uh, expects from his team. It's not up to his standards uh, defensively. And I don't know if that's necessarily just these guys being new and having gelled together. It's early in the season. Rotations are still tough are tough for them. Uh, but I, I – I think what I've seen so far is that a lot of these guys defensively individually are fine, but yeah, it is team defense so far uh, that it feels like has been the struggle for Auburn. Auburn is one and one, not two and oh. I was wrong yeah. about that. You can correct me on the air, Jacob. It is okay. I, I will allow you to I, do that. I, I should have really just let you know, just, just, just <laughs> make sure because, but hey, listen, that Baylor game, man. It, that was, it felt like a million, million months ago at yeah, this point yeah, already. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Wade's got a question for you. Yeah, Jacob, uh, this Notre Dame team, looking at it preseason um, and seeing them on the schedule, it's like, whoa, baby, here we go with another big-time matchup a couple of years ago, them master-blasting the tide out of the NCAA tournament. Good job, Irish. Thank you very much. But uh, <laughs> what, what what should Auburn people expect from this uh, fighting Irish basketball team uh, up in Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah. This Brooklyn trip will be uh, a, definitely a, a special one for Auburn, especially having been there a couple of years ago and, and winning it a few years ago. But Notre Dame is also one and one, and and the loss to Western Carolina is, is not a pretty one. 
Uh, you lose 71 to 61 at home against uh, a mid-major program where you, where you only score, score 61 points. So this would be a game where I think the Auburn defense wants to look to get back on track and, and really have a good opportunity to, to have a great performance to build on. And then obviously the day after you're going to have St. Bonnie or Oklahoma State, depending on the results of the game Thursday. And I, I think that'll be a tougher test, honestly, either way uh, on Friday. So I think this Notre Dame team, it, it, it struggled early on. doesn't mean you should look over them. Uh, but because it, when I look at that loss, Braden Shrewsbury, one of their one of their better players, he went 0 for 7 from the field, 0 for 6 from 3. I don't expect that to happen again. Right. Uh, but they don't, they don't play a deep – they don't play a deep bench. They play three guys off the bench, at least they did in this Western Carolina game. So I, I, I think, again, that this is the game for the Auburn defense to really settle in uh, figure and, and figure things out and, and, and come out and have a good performance that Coach Pearl and, and, and staff can look at the film and say, this is what we love, this is what we want, uh, continue to do this. And, and obviously the offense, again, I, I – I, the offense has been really solid this year. I mean, Auburn scoring 80 points in back-to-back games, that didn't happen last year. And you do it in your first two games this year. So I think that's how I would look at this Notre Dame team as an opportunity for the defense to get on track. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, who joins us every Monday at 3.30, is currently on the phone lines with us here on ESPN 106.7. Give us some updates from around Auburn Athletics. I know there's a lot going on with uh, with multiple, multiple sports. So uh, I know you got your Google Doc pulled up, man. Start reading. Give us an update. What's going on around Auburn Athletics? Well, man, you can't you can't forget to mention Auburn women's basketball yesterday yes. and what they did at Rutgers. Huge win. to 56 uh, in Piscataway, and it was all a second-quarter run. Uh, Auburn was down 17 to 11. Was down more early or in that first quarter, but a 27 to five run in the second quarter, and it was all Tigers from there. And and Rutgers tried to claw back a little bit in the third quarter, but uh, I mean Savannah Scott, freshman center uh, for Auburn's first double double, 21 points and 11 boards, I think. And uh, she, I think she's going to lead the way uh, down low for Auburn this season. Aussie Scott Grayson was great as usual with 18 points. She was. Uh, she was big. Uh, she didn't even make any threes this game, but was still able to score 18 points. So I think that this Auburn women's basketball team really has it. what it takes uh, to be a tournament team. Uh, it's going to take some time again, though, because Rutgers isn't one of your stronger Big Ten teams, but I do think uh, the, the resiliency the Tigers showed is something that you don't usually get until later in the season, especially with so many newcomers. So uh, I'm excited to see what they have. Uh, especially coming up, they they face and host Cal on Friday at seven Central. So uh, be sure to go out to Neville Arena. Tickets are available at aubtix.com. If you can't uh, tune in at AU100, Britt Bowen, Larry Desher will have the call beginning at six forty-five. Uh, but volleyball they had a tough loss to Missouri. Missouri's had yeah. all its numbers this year, uh, sweeping at home and then uh, going into Missouri and losing three to one. But this team has a huge game, a uh, huge match, I believe, at Mississippi State mm-hmm. uh, Wednesday at 6 o'clock Central. Looking to stay in the, Right now, you're, you're trying to manage your way into a good seed for the NCAA tournament. So um, that's what the Tigers are looking to do there. And then I believe uh, there will be a home match for the Tigers against LSU. I'm not sure exactly when that is. So uh, I'm, I'm missing out there on Jacob. So you can redact the point there. What, what, but, do we, what do we pay you for to come on this show, I, man? I know, man. I know. I know. I, hey, listen. I, I, if it were more, I would have that date on. So, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> so, um, well, but yeah, no. It, it, it's a big weekend in Auburn sports, and it, it's the best time of year. It really, it's really the most wonderful time of year. And 
And yes, Christmas is still a month and a half away, but I'm going to use that phrase. I like it, man. I like it. We can't wish Christmas too early because we can't look over Thanksgiving, but it will be here. And (laughs) there are so many things going on in Auburn athletics. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joining us here on the Monday edition of On the Line. We appreciate you and your time as always, man. Plug everything you got going on, how everybody can find you guys, uh, because you're doing a wonderful job right now. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU and follow the Auburn Sports Network at AU Sports Network. We'll have Tiger Talk this Thursday at 6 o'clock Central. Bomb Howard's Victory Grill, uh, Wings 94.3 FM, Hugh Freeze, John Cohen, Jay Fair, Gante Scott, Brent Crouch. It's a loaded show. Awesome. Can't beat that lineup at all. So come out and join us at Bomb Howard's or tune in on Wings 94.3 FM. I, but I also don't want to forget to mention we'll be able to preview it next Monday. But uh, Tiger Talk will be next Monday due to the Thanksgiving holiday. So Got you. Um, just have that on the plans for that Monday. All right. Well, we appreciate the update, and we will talk to you next Monday then, Jacob. We appreciate it. I always appreciate the time, guys. War Eagle. That's Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, who joins us every Monday at 3.30, giving us a good look around Auburn athletics. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap it up here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Monday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 1067. We appreciate Jacob Hillman every Monday joining us, taking some time out of his workday. I know it's really hard for him to, to step away and not do his job for a few minutes, but we do appreciate his time on a Monday afternoon. Good friend of mine and, and does a wonderful job over there at the Auburn Sports Network. We've had a great show today uh, talking all things college football, uh, the craziness in coaches being fired and openings and, and already talking coaching searches in the middle of November. Uh, of course, talking a lot about Auburn football versus Arkansas, and there's still just so much to talk about, which we will on the show tomorrow. But uh, again, if you missed any of today's show, be sure you go and find the show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Just search on the line, or you can go to ESPNAU and you'll find it in our podcast center right there. Um, again, we announced and, and just so excited for this uh, that Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett will be joining me Monday, Wednesday, Fridays in the studio as my new co-host. Excited for this opportunity, man. A new journey, a new era has begun uh, here on the show, and, and we're looking forward to it, man. And just again, I'm I'm just very thankful for you and your friendship and, and for what this is going to be over the next couple of years. Yeah, mega dittos back to you, my friend. We're going to have a lot of fun. You know, uh, you, you lead uh, you lead the dance. I will follow. Going to have some historical references in there, crack some jokes, and bring some lifelong. Um, Auburn football fan perspective to whatever we're talking about and Auburn football, uh, Auburn sports fan, really. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to it. Football season will start winding down. Basketball just as exciting in the great state of Alabama now with Bruce Pearl really uh, not only establishing a program in Auburn but over at Alabama as well because they had to play keep up. And, uh, man, it's just going to be a lot of fun. And if uh, if you want any little bit extra after the show, you can check out my website. It's free, www.radiofreeauburn.com. I like to write, and uh, there's some opportunities over there for you to read my blog. Every Sunday, the Uncle T-Bone Top 20 comes out, and then uh, I have a weekly blog as well. And just to mention, you know, just to mention, 
for entertainment purposes only. I'm eight, <clears throat> last two weeks I'm eighteen five and one. Hey oh yeah. Hey so you might want to fade Uncle T Bone here from here on out. I might have peaked a little too soon. Yeah, especially since you shouted it out, man. You're gonna go. <laughs> you're gonna go over this week in a in a really boring week in the sec coming up but uh yeah how do you handicap this week i mean you might especially in these at least there's three games in our conference right over in the eastern division i think so yeah but but the rest of the west is playing you know what is normally what i like to call the calm before the storm games right Mm -hmm. the the some people use the term cupcake but yeah or sisters of the poor but i don't want to go there (laughs) i like to try and keep it positive but there is a calm before the storm it's really a kind of a light week around the country Mm -hmm. as well the biggest game probably uh washington at oregon state the last two weeks in college football have been monumentally huge right so everyone take a deep deep breath you might want to take some of those big numbers because who wants to show everything you got when you got your in-state rival coming to town the following weekend yeah you better believe it well uh tomorrow it'll be me here in the studio daryl dapperts will join me in the second hour as he does every tuesday i will have audio from hugh freeze's press conference today i decided not to ask him about the scoring differential between the first and second half i figured i'd let him off the hook this week since oliver put four 48 on Arkansas on the road. We'll have that audio for you tomorrow. And again, Double D, Daryl Dapperich will join us as well. Looking forward to it as we continue breaking down Auburn and Arkansas. We'll talk some college basketball as well and just a whole lot of more fun here on ESPN 106.7. Wade, it's going to be a great ride, brother. I appreciate you being here yep. and I'll see you on Wednesday. Yep. Can't wait to be back. Thanks for having me and we will see you on 106.7 on the line Wednesday. I really appreciate it. Well, until tomorrow, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. I'm your man, Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.